Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yes. Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy Thursday. That's right. It's Thursday, March 16th. And today is National Spray Tanning Day. (laughs) Absolutely incredible kids day. So I guess if you have a bad kid, they don't get to celebrate today. National Panda Day, because everybody wants to be a panda nowadays. National Curl Crush Day, whatever that is. National Farm Rescuer Day, because everyone loves a farmer. And National Freedom of Information Day, because we just had some amazing hearings on Capitol Hill in regards to that. And, of course, it's National Artichokes Day and National Everything You Do Is Right Day. It sounds like that is my perfect type of day right there. Thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. We're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a comment on a story most recently presented. Well, we have a couple people that are a little bit tardy today. But... (laughs) That's going to be just fine. I have a quick little story that I want to share with you guys uh, th- this morning before we get 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 really, really rolling, because this is really interesting. Adam, I don't know if you're able to pull the pictures from this story to show in, in the screen, but today my first story, it comes from Northern California, and there was a van full of marijuana that exploded on Highway 101. I've heard of spontaneous human combustion, but I've never heard of spontaneous cannabis combustion. (laughs) But here we go. First responders were already busy with storm-related emergencies on Tuesday when a van exploded and caught fire on Highway 101. Santa Rosa Fire Department firefighters saw the flaming van on Highway 101's on-ramp at 3rd Street at 934 in the morning. Once firefighters doused the fire, they found several 55-gallon bags full of marijuana shake soaked in butane, uh, SRFD, Santa Rosa Fire Department wrote. The driver suffered from burn injuries and was transported to the hospital. Butane is a highly explosive material used to convert marijuana plants into oil, also known as dabs or wax. And the Santa Rosa Fire Hazmat team assisted uh, Santa Rosa police department with the explosion investigation and ensured additional hazards were mitigated before reopening the on-ramp 
to allow for traffic. That's a very, very quick, quick little, little story right there. But what, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I know my thought is I think this was an illicit, an illicit van. It doesn't, I don't think that it was a compliant van, even nope. though, but no. I don't think it was. Maybe a they were a mobile service. You think they were a mobile <laughs> service? Look at this, bro. Wow, look at, look yeah, at but that. they're not delivering. They're not delivering. Yeah, look at that. Right? And there. It's, Whoa! Probably the dude, dude was getting pulled over, so he lit his van on fire, so he didn't didn't go to jail. Yeah. Oh, right? you think but, it's intentional? I, I, no, I do. <laughs> I, no, I don't think it was intentional. I think he had some stoner that was probably smoking a blunt driving on the freeway, and he a- thought he ashed out the window, and one of the little oh. cherries flew in the back, and all of a sudden, pow! Jeez. I don't know. Though. I hate when that you happens. You think that the vapor itself from the butane, just the just the concentration of vapor, uh, could have created that problem? I'm not buying that because there has to be some type of element some to sort of ignition part to to ignite it. Um, yeah. But I'm not, I'm not a chemist. But uh, what 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 do you have to th- say about this, Nicholas? Well, this is a different type of meaning for gas. When they call the weed gas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. like I said, though, they fuck it up already, man. If if they are a mobile service by you know having their product catch up in flames, but um, this is all the more reason as to why we should you know open up the free market so we can get rid of the black market or illicit market or whatever you want to call it activity that puts people more in danger. Obviously, yes. Very, very true. I mean, oh, I like like what Mark said. Plant material was off-gassing and building up concentration until a spark found it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why, why was why would they be transporting it soaked in butane? Well, because it, it it would have been it would have been a cannabis that was from a butane extract that would be considered waste, and so they would be going to go dump this somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's basically. What, what the reasoning is for is you already extracted all the good stuff out of it. Now it's just plant material soaked in butane. Yeah, right. I think that butane caught on. Yeah, you're probably right, Jay. Uh, it um, somebody was smoking in the in the van and yeah, and right, ashed right. Yeah, and then, they, thought they ashed out the window. The little cherry right. flew back in the right. back, back it back into the back, and all of a sudden, that's it just, right. Boom. So yeah. he's going to get oh, for transporting right. cannabis, or was he transporting garbage, or what's he going to get in trouble for? Well, I'm sure he'll get in trouble for transporting cannabis for sure, because it, you know it was cannabis. It was cannabis, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I think there's a few things that you can get in trouble for. For for one, let's just I, I'm going to assume for the sake of assumptions that this was not a uh, a what should call it a legal compliant transportation vehicle. No. So 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 then we have to assume that it comes from an illicit butane lab. And so now the investigation goes to where did that van come from? What type of ties um, does the driver have to the van, to the company, whatever or the whatever facility that he picked that uh-huh. up? Uh-huh. Right. Right. To put right. money that that he probably wasn't smart enough to say that he just worked for a waste management company. Probably not. Yeah, he, he probably <laughs> probably was not, and was probably taking it from a a non licensed uh you know extraction lab. Exactly. Also. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. I just man, I bro, all of a sudden. I mean, I I've had a car. Okay, my very first car. I was I was driving, 
and uh, I had some oil drip onto my catalytic converter, and my car caught on fire. And I was oh, shit. driving. It. All of a sudden, there's like smoke coming out the uh, the vents and the and from the front right. coming out right. the steering shift and everything. And I was like, oh man, here we go. So I got out of the car, made it safely, of course. And but um, I mean, it, it's a scary thing when a vehicle is on fire. There's a fire in your vehicle. For okay. sure. I mean, it's scary when you lose a cherry off the joint too, right? And you're driving, right? It could be, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and you're, you're doing this kind of shit, right? I'm, Especially if you're wearing a right. fur coat in Vegas, Todd. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, how did that end up? Oh, man, I've never had that happen. Uh, oh, okay. But I was just, I was just imagining. Right. We used to have the old family LTD station wagon that seated 12, you know, Yeah, right, <laughs> that, right. that I used to ride backwards in when I was little. Yeah, we had one of those. We used to call it the balcony back. And 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 then eventually my parents got a, a Thunderbird when we were really starting to roll in it. And, <laughs> and we got the old LTD, the kids, for school. And that uh, thing got the worst gas mileage ever. And then after yeah. a year and a half of terrible gas mileage, um, we we found out that the fuel pump was spraying fuel all all over the engine all over oh and that yeah it was just a total mess it always smelled bad but i didn't realize that we were really at, at pretty significant risk the whole time we were in that crazy old car i mean i haven't seen this much weed on fire in advance since i was watching cheech and chong's up <laughs> i mean there's hot boxing good and hot boxing bad <laughs> This is definitely yeah. a bad hot box, and you know what I mean. Wet box That's for sure. Not what I would want to be a part of or rolling around in my hood. And man, man, oh man, this is so crazy, so crazy. And I'm just glad that no one was seriously hurt uh, yeah, ultimately at, at the end. Um, I didn't, and thank God it's been raining so much up north, so you didn't really have that much worry of uh, this vehicle starting fire on the side of a road and like it spark, sparking off into the wildlife and destroying all well, that's the, natural a good point, Jason. the freeway. You know what like I mean? At a different time, and there could have been a very different outcome, and that would have been uh, devastating. Yeah, this was like yeah, this was in August, September when like uh, there's uh very very low rain and very you know little moisture content in the earth and whatnot this was could have been way way worse than it would have been yeah, yeah. right now it's just uh, r.i.p to the weed right well i mean the weed was already r.i.p right <laughs> right yeah right. It's, it's almost like all of a sudden like the weed was supposed to get buried but it got sent over to the um uh, to the to the city morgue to get to get burnt up right right you know, right? It was just cremated. That's what he was doing. That's, he was cremating exactly right. the weed. Cremating, yes, it's cremating. Yes, <laughs> right. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it rolling. Uh, Rico should be here anytime soon, but we're gonna go to a quick commercial. We'll be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google? Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. He finally made it. That's right. It is the dope dad himself. That's right. Rico Lameet. He obviously had some loose ends he had to tie up this morning from the internet gangbanging war that we were all suffering from yesterday. Apparently, there was a treaty made between AT&T and Spectrum. Yes. And all of a sudden, the internet gang war 
has kind of slowed down its pace right now. Or at least there's not outside casualties, at least. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamite. China inter intervened, Jason. China intervened, and they are the peacekeepers of the world. I bet. You sure it wasn't Putin? No, I'm not sure it wasn't Putin. It probably was him, too. You know, I don't know. Gretchen, what do you think? Was it Putin? Those are your people, right? Gretchen's well, if it, if it was China, then it was Putin, right? Aren't they kind of all together? Having yeah, they're, they're, they're besties. Yeah, China was probably using yeah. Putin as the front man. <laughs> no, I, could, I could dig it. I could dig it. So, um, A bunch of megalomaniacs all in one room. Right. So, so, so speaking of global issues, um, let's go over to the Czech Republic uh, for today's story. All right. So the Czech Republic is supposed to be following Germany's lead um, on cannabis legalization. So recreational, while recreational is still illegal in the Czech Republic, uh, personal possession has been decriminalized since actually January 2010. Last November, Czechia announced it'd be following uh, the neighbor, uh, neighboring Germany's lead on adult use legalization and coordinating on information and best practices. Their coalition government draft bill to regulate is expected to be presented this month with the goal of achieving full legalization by January 2024. But over a year of fighting, after over a year of fighting, the Czech Court of Appeals ruled the publication of Legalization magazine Chechia's version of High Times, a magazine existing in their media space without issue over 10 years, to be unlawful under the charge of spreading toxicomania. As a result, Legal Zache, editor-in-chief and sole publisher, Robert Baverka has been fined 250,000 Czech dollars, or about 11,000 US, um, and permanently banned from operating by the court um, in Ostravia, after they accused legalization of offering instructions of how to illegally obtain, grow, process, and use cannabis. They also took issue with the, the, the magazine's distribution of seeds within its pages, even though the sale, possession, and distribution of seeds is completely legal in Chechia. So Viverka plans to exercise his only remaining option of appeal to the Chechian Supreme uh, Court. Supreme and Constitutional Court, though nobody knows when or if the case will ever even be picked up because things are different outside of America. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The First Amendment of the United States Constitution is a foundation of American freedom. The Hyatt Nine News team exercises its First Amendment rights every weekday by showing up, reading, and debating what we deem to be the industry's most important headlines. For the most part, the journalists and stories we draw source material from and criticize do the same without fear of prosecution by the U.S. government. Not a bad deal at all. As much as we complain about what is wrong with our country or the laws written and enforced within its borders, the fact that we can do so freely is paramount to what makes America, America. Stories like this re really remind us how lucky we are to be here. And um, I'm, I'm proud to be part of this team. So uh, good luck to um, um, Legalizace and uh, them being 
uh, freed of this tyranny by their government. Um, but I'm just happy to be American today. And reading stories like this really hits home. And um, as uh, one of our national days uh, today is, it, um, uh, is, is all about the freedom of information, getting that out there. So um, interested in hearing what the rest of the team has to say about this. Yeah, I, I believe uh, uh, you're right on track there. We are very lucky to live in America. And, uh, you know, once you step outside into another country and see how they run their their things, right, especially cannabis legalization, um, you know, you, you feel very lucky. Although there are still 19 states uh, here in America where you can get arrested for smoking a joint, right? So. Right. What is that all about? It's like we live in Chechnya. <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I think I think the probably the, you know, the freedom of speech is probably one of the most biggest, biggest rights that we have here in America. And it's it's definitely is uh, often overlooked the importance of it. And I think anything, anything that we've had the chance to watch is the recent uh, trials on uh, on journalist Matt Tabibi that would have been happening on Capitol Hill, just as a reminder of how serious freedom of speech is. Yeah, and and, and, and it's it's not a Republican or Democrat thing either, yeah. because uh, Obama um, he silenced so many critics uh, in the press when he was in office too. So like freedom of the press is is something that we really 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 need to protect. Freedom of speech is something we need to protect, and it's it's really what makes us us right and um it, it's why i love getting on here um and, and arguing with you uh with all of uh, the whole team and everybody in the audience every single day because it's okay to have different opinions right once we get silenced like what's next right exactly yeah it used to be um that you know uh, arguing and debating you know your opinion was was okay right but these days yeah. everyone's so sensitive right and uh you know if, if we don't agree with each other, we must hate each other. But that's not really how it is. You know? There's still so much government level of control over what actually gets out. And with the news stations being so biased, it's really difficult sometimes to try to find the right news. And then I was just learning more, just delving a bit more into this TikTok, you know, debacle because... I've got 30,000 followers on TikTok. And so I need to know Thanks, where to move going to shut it down. But I mean, it appears that the that there's uh, all of these claims that there's these uh, trends that are followed that are damaging or harmful, or all of these, uh, all these claims that China is collecting our data are just being. That's not a claim, that's a fact. There, it's not right. even real. None of it's real. Meta is just losing their shirt because everybody's on TikTok. So now, you know, Meta is the one who's talking to you know, the government about banning TikTok. Like, it just it doesn't really have. But we're being told there's all this risk for the Chinese to gather data. And that's just not happening. There is. You know, um, I'd encourage you to check out. I just saw a video just the other day. And if I can find it again, Dr. Mary, I'll send it to you. But it's basically the CEO of TikTok is, you know, because in China, they don't allow for children to uh, to, right. to be on TikTok up to a certain age. And once even at that certain age, they are only showed videos of like um, how to like build stuff, how to like actually like become something like become an engineer. Da, 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 mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I know. I know about all that. But I mean, that's because that's the Chinese mentality here. We follow the Kardashians. <laughs> 
So, you know, we don't, we don't want somebody to teach us how to build something. We just want to be entertained. So it's a different use in this country. And we want to be famous, really right? Everybody wants to be yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah. So. What's that, Nicholas? The whole TikTok thing is, uh, whole TikTok thing is about money because uh, there was an article that just came out today that said the Biden administration would allow TikTok to stay up if they allowed them to buy shares. So the CEO of TikTok came out and said, if it was really about safety and security, then selling off some shares or changing ownership wouldn't, right. you know, be the so, was that was on, that a y'all. Hunter Biden Hunter Biden deal that you're talking about? They're making they're offering these shares, right? Ten percent for the big guy. But just remember, that Trump <laughs> he supposedly made a move to switch the ownership and and gave it to an American company, but yet the safety uh, security concerns are still there. So, what does that tell you? Yeah, I don't I don't trust anything that's 100 percent Chinese owned. Personally, I mean, I mean, like, uh, look, man, if, if the government's I mean, shit, yeah, you've got so many Chinese companies you're trusting right wearing with your clothes and talking on your phone. You're 100% right. I do not trust my cell phone. I do not trust my TV. I do not trust it. None of that shit, okay? How do you feel about Chinese restaurants? Depends on depends on, uh, depends on who the chef is, to be perfectly honest with you. I gotta know. You know, um, it's, it's... Oh, you guys can't make me, me laugh. I've got, like, double pneumonia here. Oh, uh, to, to me, like the whole the, the whole thing is America is censoring us, and, and America is spying on us everywhere yeah. we turn. Yeah. So, I mean, would you rather yeah. have the Chinese spying on you, or or have the American government spying on you? Either way, we're being watched. Every time you're on any kind of digital channel, you're being watched. I'm fine with that. I've been How selling drugs on, on camera since the '80s. <laughs> yeah. What, what's that, Nicholas? I say, how about neither? That would be nice. <laughs> right. Um, we, we, we also have Dr. Felicia up in the clubhouse audience. Dr. Felicia, do you have a comment on this? Yes, I do. Hey, everybody. Um, Rico, I would have to disagree to a, to a point. We're not as free in this country as we think we are. If you yeah, are yeah. a serious threat to someone's paper, a right. serious threat to someone's power, you will be selectively silenced. The author of 1619 Project was all about to get tenure, and she got shut down. Wow. Some reporter is, is, is speaking on uh, the governor of Florida's um, news, not being news. It was a press release. He got fired by Axios just recently. Um, there has been no full scientific debate about how to best approach the COVID virus, and if you are not all 100% on with the vaccine, it was horribly censored. I've never seen such censorship about any medical issue. Typically in medicine and science, you have to have varying views and debate to come up with the best approach. So in this country, we have the illusion of freedom, but if you are seriously a threat to someone, you will get shut down. Thank you so much. Or, or if you don't have the money for a lawyer, then you're you're also shut down. You know, this is a. I I agree agree with you uh, wholeheartedly, uh, Dr. Felicia, and and I'm sorry I didn't (laughs) articulate it uh, properly. I think that we need to make sure. Shame uh, on you, Rico. Yeah, (laughs) shame (laughs) on me. I I think that we need to really protect those rights. Is what I really wanted to get across um, there, and I think uh, Jason really hit it, um, hit the, the nail on the head. There um, uh, with, with Matt Taibbi, 
mm-hmm. uh, and, and him being effectively silenced by the Obama administration. All right. And, um, and it, it continued and it just got worse under Trump administration. And it continues to be uh, worse for journalists out there um, of trying to just speak truths. And if it doesn't go with the narrative put forward by our government, then you will get silenced. You will get put in, in, in press timeout and your stories will get uh, blocked um, so I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, uh, Dr. Felicia. I'm well, sorry. And I also think it's true, uh, Rico, that, you know, for uh, a lot of people there, I mean, there's multiple different outlets to get information mm-hmm. out to people. I mean, you know, we all used to sit and watch the nightly news and read the newspaper, but things are much different now. Yeah, now and we want to learn all kinds of details about a particular topic. Somebody is talking about it on TikTok, but also... You know, uh, people, when that whole Egyptian spring happened, that was all done on WhatsApp, right? And the first thing they do is it, I, I always get Iraq and Iran confused and I apologize, but the first thing they did with this whole uh, hijab removing business was shut down the social media so that, that was you, know, Iran. you couldn't get any data out. So even if you don't like TikTok, you've got to support these these outlets and make sure that you protect uh, all of these social media options, because this is, you know, if there ever is an opportunity where we must, you know, get together it, I, on a broader level, where it's, it's going to be through one of those apps. Yeah, that's that's one thing I love about social media is that we have everybody is a reporter, right? Everybody with an account has, you know, is an on the scene reporter. You don't have to wait for the local news to get there or the national news to get there. Everybody is living the news every day. And, you know, those who choose to report it, report it. That's one of my favorite things about social media is that it has uh, really created, you know, a section of honest, this is what's happening in my neighborhood right now. That car's on fire, right? And uh, here's a video of it. Oh, my God. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a, there is that whole other side to journalism, though, that is entertainment. So you're, right? saying, you're saying that, that, Todd, that the headline could have read, there was a butane explosion. That's right. But that's right. That's right. The weed um, in the back of that van was just so fire. Yeah, but the exactly. weed, right? The weed gets more clicks, <laughs> right? So, and here we are talking about it here. So, you know, anytime you can make it more sensational and you know right. get more clicks, it's good. But you know, you don't see a car on fire that much. That could have been a good uh, headline. You probably that's yeah, that's true. Uh, Valley with all those EVs everywhere. Oh, right. Right. All right, Rico, you ready? Let's do it. We keep it rocking here. So up next, we got Todd next, right? Yep. Up next, he is the co-founder of the Smuggleverse and a 30-year media producer, director, editor, and did 13 years as a C-suite cannabis executive. Up next, the president and co-founder of Digipath Labs, Mr. Todd, the Golden Voice Dankin. <laughs> And the crowd goes wild. Uh, Thank you for that. Um, And, you know, speaking of sensational headlines, uh, that's my story today. And honestly, the um, uh, the story's uh, headline uh, is a little more interesting than the whole article. (laughs) So cannabis smuggling lands Gucci model and strip club server in a UK prison. And this is from uh, SF Gate. The United Kingdom's cannabis smuggling problem just got a little weird. 
In January, authorities at London's Heathrow Airport added extra security checks for travelers coming from Los Angeles due to an increase in travelers bringing cannabis from California. But the smuggling hasn't stopped. In fact, the pot couriers are coming from multiple airports and appear to be using unsuspecting lung, uh, young people as drug mules. Authorities have arrested more than 25 U.S. nationals and convicted eight people on drug charges since the start of the year, according to the U.K.'s National Crime Agency. According to Vice News, the cannabis couriers traveled from not only Los Angeles, but also Las Vegas. Good to be represented. Uh, Washington, uh, <laughs> Washington, D.C., Chicago, New York, Atlanta, and Toronto. British authorities say that this type of unsophisticated pot smuggling is unusual, with smugglers attempting to walk through U.K. customs checkpoints with more than 100 pounds of cannabis stuffed in a suitcase. What are they thinking, first of all, right? Uh, the cannabis is vacuum-sealed. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it, they, they, at least they keep it vacuum-sealed, but not otherwise hidden, according to some photos released by the agency. Dozens of American states have legalized either recreational or medical marijuana, but cannabis remains illegal in the United Kingdom. UK courts have given sentences between 8 and 32 months for people convicted in connection with this string of cannabis smuggling attempts. The majority of people in this latest wave appear to be young people of color who claim they had no idea what was in their bags. Hmm. Not sure that's a good enough defense. The list includes a 23-year-old male model who's worked for brands like Gucci and Montclair and a 29-year-old strip club server from Texas. A 33-year-old from the United States who was arrested after flying to London from San Francisco told police that he was unaware that he was carrying drugs. He said that he was given two locked suitcases filled with cannabis by a man in Burbank, California. Jason, where were you? Uh, then... Uh, he was told to go to a nearby coffee shop where another man gave him $5,000 in cash to purchase flights. A U.K. judge called the man's story an elaborate tale and then gave him a two-year prison sentence, according to the BBC. Wow. <laughs> right. An attorney for the 29-year-old server at the Texas Strip Club. I'm not sure why they have to say at a Texas Strip Club, but they do told the U.K. courts that the woman only took the drug smuggling opportunity because she was naive and she was desperate. She lost her job and she still needed to, to uh, support her three children. This recent surge in cannabis smuggling is likely driven by Americans' legalization of marijuana. Cannabis reform has dropped the price of pot in the United States from as high as $4,000 a pound back in 2016 to right now under $1,000 a pound in California and in Michigan, uh, as low as $550 a pound. But uh, cannabis remains expensive in the United Kingdom, making it attractive to pot smugglers. California cannabis sells for about $28 a gram in the United Kingdom, making it worth a lot more money in the UK than in California. NCA Heathrow branch commander Andy Noyes said in a press release, that anyone who brings cannabis into the United Kingdom is at risk of prosecution, even if they are unaware it's in their luggage. Uh, couriers are often recruited with promise of payment or free holidays, Noyes said. But in reality, these attempts just end in jail sentences. I urge anyone, to con anyone considering smuggling cannabis in the UK, whether from the U.S. or elsewhere, to think twice 
it isn't worth the risk and will probably end up in a jail sentence. I'm Todd Dankin with Hyatt Nine News. What do you guys think? I think there's amazing opportunity for Gucci to get some some uh, some pictures of their model in a jail jailbait outfit right. for a magazine. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I think that's a really good uh, marketing ploy. Another for sure. example. What's that, Nicholas? I would say this is another example as to why we should legalize, decriminalize, and save lives. Because if there were, you don't hear people smuggling apples. You no. know what I'm saying? Well, hold on, hold on. But people, but right now, but right now, Nicholas, people are smuggling avocados and eggs. That's, that's right. facts. That's because that shit's expensive. But holla at your boy. I'm in California. <laughs> I got <laughs> You know the thing. Problem with this story is that the uh, is that the 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 product is too big to get over the border. It just, I mean, a hundred pounds of weed in your suitcase, even vacuum packed. That's just, it's just, it's just going to show up. I mean, is it easier? What do you to mean show smuggle? up? Why show up? Is it easier to smuggle dabs? Like, what if you put a bunch of wax into a? Uh, in, I mean, you'd probably. Get I'm willing to be Brittany Griner. I'm to bet it's a lot easier. More people, right? Because it's a lot easier to be a smaller dose, and it'd be lighter. Yeah, I mean, it probably it, wasn't easier for Brittany Griner, um, you so, know, to smuggle. You know, no, I mean, there's, you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe that she was smuggling it. it no, I don't either. No, I, I don't either. But it's it's considered smuggling when you just bring it somewhere it's not supposed to be. It's, yeah, it's, but she only had like five vape carts with her. You know what I mean? She's not going to get that much. She's not going to make that much money. No, no, no. vape cart. Todd, Todd, for this for this story, it said that they they claimed that they didn't know what was in the suitcases, but they took yeah. money and transported yeah. it. You know, there's fucking drugs or guns in there. If, if, of, if course. You take, <laughs> of course. If you take, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, first of all, hey, you don't, don't look at. Hey, will you take this suitcase <laughs> for me? Don't look inside. If you had a hundred pound bag, that's already suspect because because uh, normal normal uh, bags have to be can be only up to fifty pounds before right. you have to pay the the the, yeah, the, they're already the overweight fee. But if you're even if you're flying in first class, they'll generally will go, give you up to seventy five pounds, but they don't give you up to a hundred pounds. So why someone would try to fit a hundred pounds into a bag instead of like fifty or maybe even forty eight to account for the weight? of the bag just right. makes zero sense to me yeah like yeah you knew what the fuck you were doing You're but what about dabs you guys dabs Does on dabs anybody have an opinion about about transporting dabs and their well, capacity to be identified because they would look to me like body lotion or something you could put it in a body lotion on how they're packaged dr mary if they're packaged all in little gram containers then it's not going to look like that right and and the world doesn't want California's extracts. The world wants California fire. Yeah, know? they want that flower. And and one one important thing too with with extracts is you want to make sure that your extracts are not the same exact consistency as peanut butter, because peanut butter when it goes to the airport scanner actually has the same exact consistency as plastic explosives, and therefore oh. you get searched for that off top. Everybody's always hiding stuff in peanut butter. Uh, yeah, it's not about hiding it in the peanut butter. It's just the peanut butter is the same consistency as plastic explosives in their machines. Mm, that's interesting. Crunchy I mean, it's just funny that people always say to put your stuff in a container of peanut butter, and then it's uh, and then the scanners can't see it. But 
if they're going to pull the peanut butter, that's a really bad piece of advice. Yeah. yeah, don't don't fly with peanut butter. I do not advise that. But we do have we have Mark Wasserman. The you're, not supposed, to, you're, you're not supposed to with peanut butter anyways because it's peanut allergies. American you're just not supposed to do any of this anyways. You know, you're not supposed to live anymore. Is America? What do you have to say on this? On this, Mark? <laughs> well, you mentioned the peanut butter. I, I got a bag search once because I had a box of business cards and that was unopened and they flagged that got flagged as just a mass of something that they wanted to look at and that happened to me once that happened to a client once who unfortunately then had a 50 pounds of shit in his bag along with it that was sealed <laughs> and smell proof and the whole nine yards but it was pulled because he had a brick of business cards that's and then, and again i and i when i asked about it they said yeah we don't know exactly what it is it's just a big mass of something and that's what does people in who bring a large quantity of cartridges they don't know what it is other than it's a bunch of liquid floating around somewhere in the bag mm -hmm. so those are the types of things that are going to get your bags pulled out and checked 100 percent, mark i know the, one of the last times i i, I flew um they, they 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 stopped my bag and they stopped it because of my pack of Cottonelle wipes. Hey Mark, um, if, if, if you get in trouble at the airport like that, is that also a time that you should shut the fuck up too? Yes, always. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. Always. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, hey, I, hello. When when something like that happens and you get busted at the airport. Like your attorney, you don't know what types of things we're going to try to do. One of the things we can try to do is if your bag is taken, you know, from uh, especially check bags and you say, oh, that's mine. And you don't want to make statements like that because that bag was out of your custody. Mm -hmm. after, right. You took it. You put it mm -hmm. somewhere. And, you know, bag handlers, we've known they've done things. And so I might be able to do a motion attacking the chain of custody. Hey, we want to know who touched the bag from here to here and, you know, and things like that. And if you start talking, it takes the ability for us to even try mm -hmm. something like that away. So, yes, shut the fuck up. Always. That's right. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Always good advice. If they pull your bag, the first thing they say is, is this your bag? And then you're just supposed to stand no, there. No, you're not, you're not supposed to say anything. You shut the fuck up. I'm not discussing my day. Yep. <laughs> you know, I had, I had a buddy flying from uh, Burbank to Vegas. And the TSA guys at the x-ray machine, you know, they flagged his uh, his bag and did that whole thing. Is this your bag, sir? Right. And he literally pulled out uh, a jar of weed and he just put it right back in and said, have a nice day. And my buddy was like, all right, brother, you know, but what they look for is explosives, right? They're not looking for, they're that, looking that, for guns that, and that, knives that, and explosives. explosives for the it's most part. On, it depends on the airport. Yes, and then it's and then it's up to that particular TSA agent, right? What they want to do, and that gives that one person a lot of power in in that moment to do uh, what you what you just described, which was the the cool right thing to do, right? Uh, versus ah, fuck you, I'm calling the cops now because I don't like it. You know, <laughs> it's all up to that person, so that that kind of stinks, but mm -hmm. that's how it goes. Right. Yeah. We got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Thank you all for that. Thank mm -hmm. you.
Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown a high and nine news are those of the individual speakers, not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory, or any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the uh, or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, the show is probably not for you. And maybe you should check your bags next time. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the so world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagnetics.shop to see why our Terps don't lie. Now this... 25-year board-certified integrative medicine internist is a two-time best-selling author and the CEO of Balanced Medicinals. And I've got a hunch she made the move from Michigan to Manhattan for more than direct access to high-quality cookies-branded Delta-8 gummies. But I don't know. Come to the stage next is Dr. Mary Clifton. Thank you, Rico. It's so great to be here. I just really look forward to Thursdays and hanging out with you guys. So my story is from a marijuana moment written by Ben Adlin. And uh, it's a little bit of a deceptive uh, title. It's titled Medical Marijuana Use Has Doubled in the U.S. Study from Department of Veterans Affairs Officials Finds. This, uh, this is a new study data that has been looking at a federally funded survey that has been examining, among other things, the prevalence of medical cannabis use in the U.S., and they reported that it has more than doubled between 2013 and 2020, driven largely by state-level legalization. But this is the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, which has been conducted annually since 1971. And it added a question about medical marijuana in 2013. The specific question asks whether any cannabis use within the past 12 months was recommended by a doctor. If any of your cannabis use in the past 12 months was recommended by a doctor. So, so that, would, that would cover uh, people who are getting medical recommendations. And the question was added in 2013. During the first year, 1.2% of respondents answered affirmatively. Seven years later, that figure has risen to 2.5%. 
So the authors of the study, uh, both affiliated with Yale School of Medicine Psychiatry Department and the VA New England for Mental Illness Research Education and Clinical Center, calculated that the proportion of Americans using medical marijuana during the seven-year period grew at an average rate of 12.9% a year. Um, I do wonder with the uh, with the results of this study, if asking people if a doctor recommended cannabis to you or if the amount of medical cannabis use has doubled, that, that probably is a little bit uh, misleading because, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are in recreational states that are using cannabis for a medicinal purpose and not necessarily under a doctor's recommendation. So they didn't formally have a doctor tell them to use cannabis, but they're using cannabis medically in, in a recreational state. So it might've gone, uh, it might've more than doubled. And my, my, my thoughts would be that it more than doubled. They were not able to do a breakdown uh, regionally or state to state because uh, you know they reported that it was beyond the scope of this article, uh, which which means that they haven't been asking people <laughs> what state they're from or collecting that data. So they'd have to retroactively collect that data, and they you know probably just don't see a uh, a reason to do so. Um, you know, in a way that's going to uh, positively add to the outcomes they're looking for. So. Um, so it's a good article, I think, you know, at least showing that more people are using medical cannabis, but I think probably is underrepresenting the number of uh, medical cannabis users. And I'd like to know what you guys think. I mean, there are people that say all cannabis use is medical. And, um, and, I, 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 and I separate <laughs> the cannabis community into medical and recreational. But then I've worked with other people who feel like the cannabis community is separated more into uh, users and culture. So anyway, there's a lot to think about here with, with the doubling of medical use and how medical use fits into daily use for most people. And I'm Dr. Mary Clifton on High at Nine. You know, Dr. Mary, I am a big believer that all use is medical use because there's many different Agreed. medical uh, benefits that you benefit from just consuming cannabis on a regular basis. Um, so, so I'm, I, I'm, I've always been a big believer in in that. From just, yeah, me too. Even well, if you're I mean, not, even if you, you're not smoking you it for. Think, I mean, there are some people who are intentionally very using it for, you know, an end of life pain for, uh, you know, uh, psychiatric uh, diagnoses for their multiple sclerosis, and then there are people who are just getting high. So when I'm talking to somebody about their cannabis use and how to use it properly and safely, I'm, you know, I'm trying to determine if they need both a long acting product and a short acting product to manage chronic conditions, or if they just want to, you know, if their intention is to deliver as much THC as quickly as possible for purposes of getting high, you know? So, so here, here's, here, here, here's my, here's, here's my thing is, is if there is beneficial um, things that are happening to your body, I consider it all medical use whether you want to classify it as like you know just as much as a vitamin or whatever but nonetheless it is you are benefiting your body is benefiting somehow from it even if you oh, don't of course so oh, of course i agree all uses medical use and i agree there are some people that use it that just smoke casually and whatnot that that have no clue of the medical benefits that they are actually receiving even though it is medical use they they don't understand that or they haven't even got, came to that type of a threshold of understanding yet 
Right, right. But then does that make all use medical? Because yes, that particular because use it's still happening. Medical. It's still happening. It's like mm -hmm. it's like if, if, if you're in the forest and a tree falls, does it make a sound? It's like, irregardless, the tree is still falling. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, Jason. I think uh, even those folks who are smoking just to get high or ingesting just to get high, they mm -hmm. do benefit from all of the, you know, wonderful, you know, uh, remedies that, uh, you know, uh, cannabis creates. Yeah. And even if it's just removing some anxiety or helping you focus or, you know, or just getting you high so you don't have to think about, you know, other things. Yeah, right. Your body is still absorbing all of those, um, you know, your, your endocannabinoid system is still receiving, you know, all of the uh, THC and all of the CBDs and it is putting it to good use. So uh, I, I yeah. agree with you 100 percent. I all guess use as, a, as a clinician, you know, I mean, when I'm talking to a person, I'm sometimes talking to a recreational patient or so I'm actually talking about how to use the product or I'm talking to a person who has an illness and they're and they're using the product. I mean, I suppose, you know, sometimes I eat a salad because it's good for me. And sometimes I eat a salad because I'm hungry for salad. So, right. so yeah. I, I, you know, it's a, it's, it's a different. But either uh, way you're getting the benefits of eating a salad and not like something that's like crazy fattening and really bad for you. Well, right. But I mean, I don't, I'm not intentionally eating a salad to be good for me. So I'm, you know, I, I, I do think the benefit either way. Yeah, for, yeah, definitely. But from a clinical perspective, if somebody comes to you saying, what's the best way to introduce dabs for recreation? And I say, well, dabs are very high THC concentration, which is anti-inflammatory. They're just like not even there. You know, that's not what they're using cannabis for. Um, uh, in, in response to Dr. Edward J. Garrity III's uh, question, is there a, ge a geographical breakdown within the study? Um, the article and the study that they put out did not, but if you do some digging on the source material that they got the, um, uh, the data from the study, they do have a specific state breakdown from state reports uh, from 2016 all the way through 2020, uh, but you have, to, you have to dig for it. It is in there. Oh, thanks now, for finding that, Miko. Now, now also, too, I wonder, I wonder um, if there's, if there's kind of like a flaw with this study a little bit. Because of the destigmatization around cannabis, I wonder if it's not necessarily that cannabis use is up. I'm, I'm not sure if I believe that or yet or not, but I wonder if it's just more people feel more comfortable discussing it and talking about it, especially because of their policy changes that they've had in regards to that at the VA. Well, you know, I just had a text message exchange with a VA patient who was so worried about going about adding cannabis when he really thinks that it helps him, but he's worried about getting his medical card because it'll impact his VA benefits. Exactly, you know, that, that's yeah. still a significant worry. And if you mm -hmm. go to the um, VA, the Department of Affairs, it says that your cannabis use cannot impact your VA uh, your VA privileges and and rights. Yeah. But uh, but but it is still a significant concern concern for uh for people that use the va they really rely on them for their health care without without a doubt without a doubt we got to go to our next commercial or dr felicia did you have something to say on this yeah i mean i kind of agree with both of you all but you know we live in such a toxic environment our food supply is truly poisoned that our endocannabinoid systems are quite deficient and whether we are conscious of it or not i think that in reality we pretty much are all using it medicinally um, your your consciousness may be about trying to get high, but you're still 
deficient in endocannabinoids um, living in this world. That's, I just want to say that. No worries. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Felicia. We got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Yeah, coming up next. That's right. We have the man. That's right. Nicholas Wildstar. He is the represents the black conservative voice that Joe Biden does not want to even acknowledge exists in the world. <laughs> Craig. Oh, yeah. He's a fire. Yes, he's he's a firestorm for truth and justice. That's right. Coming up next is another than the Nicholas Wild star. Hey, what's up, everybody? Missouri is on track to set a record for cannabis sales in the United States. Sales are skyrocketing after marijuana was made legal in Missouri and people were allowed to purchase the drug from dispensaries. Pretty incredible that we would see those types of sales in Missouri, co-founder of Fresh Karma Dispensaries, Tony Patton said. Missouri is on track to be the fastest state to reach $1 billion in cannabis sales. Dispensaries like Fresh Karma believe that after seeing high sales themselves uh, in the last month, if we had to guess, I would say sales would continue to grow in the state, Patton said. Since adult use became legal in Missouri and dispensaries have been able to sell starting February 3rd, 2023, he said business has been booming. We expected two to three times the sales, Patton said, and we're seeing approximately five times the sales. He anticipates even more growth and more green over the next several months. A look at the total amount of cannabis sales in Missouri for February shows $31.2 million in medical use and $71.7 million in adult use. That's nearly $103 million total in the first month, which means more than $1 billion in annual sales and could set a new record in the U.S. It's been phenomenal, Patton said. Travis Andrews is a frequent flyer. He's not surprised by the high numbers. People have heard about it. It's legal now, Andrews said. I can try it now, even recreational. Maybe it's for me, maybe it's not, Patton said. They've had to hire more staff to keep up with demand. They saw a spike in sales during the Super Bowl and Chiefs Victory Parade, followed by a slight dip but they're expecting droves of people for the NFL draft and the NCAA tourney, both in Kansas City, Missouri. A lot of influx of out-of-state individuals and those within the state that are coming to Kansas City for those events, Patton said. Sales that hopefully we can meet the demand. We're getting ready for those increased sales with additional staffing. Even after the events, dispensaries expect these high sale numbers to continue. Reporting for the High and Nine News Hour, this is Nick Wildstar, a.k.a. The Governor. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Oh, Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Out what do they think is going to happen on 420 if the Super Bowl created all of those receipts, right? What is 420 going to do for Missouri? You had uh, you actually had uh, NFL players promoting <laughs> promoting those local dispensaries out there. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Uh, but um, – the high sales is a direct result of what the, the, the limited amount of licenses and limited amount of uh, product that they currently have. Right, Nicholas, is that correct? You said what again? 
uh, the high <laughs> sales that they have there is because of the the limited mark, uh, the limited amount of product and um and options that the, that they have out there, right? The article didn't really say. They basically just said that ever since they went legal in February, recreational, whatever, that a lot of people have been buying weed. You know, especially pa people passing through the state. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it's just a matter of availability. And you're right. Maybe if there are just a few dispensaries, um, then, of course, they're seeing the majority of the purchases and uh, all of the money is being made through them. So imagine if they did expand their market and allowed more people to open up businesses in the state. How much more money could they make? Right. Yeah, I wonder, Rico, what their secret was, because you sure hear about different people floundering when they try to do this, you know? Well, I can tell you what the secret is, is if you look at the markets around it, it's all very, very restrictive. Or yeah. the most open market, Illinois, is grossly overtaxed and overregulated. And so I just wonder how much of this revenue is due to people leaving Illinois to go buy weed in Missouri now for more favorable rates. Right. That'd be my question too, uh, Jason. Believe you know, I think it's just all the surrounding it, states. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I think it's a typical uh, example of the demand for weed, right? Everybody wants it. And, uh, you know, what more proof does the uh, federal government need to know that people want weed? I think acceptance now is over 80% uh, across America. They just want to be able to profit off it all. As long as you give them that opportunity where they can, you know, take right. money from your investments, even though they won't help you invest at all, right. then, of course, they're happy campers. So, And, and maybe the success, the early success of Missouri will, will push some of these other prohibitionist states towards legalizing adult use. Uh, yeah. To, because yeah. Our, everybody else has been afraid of uh, turning into California. Some of the, right. some of the exact words. They don't want to turn uh, turn into another California, so maybe Missouri. You know that maybe they're onto something. Yeah, I think that's. I, I think if they can limit the number of dispensaries, people always seem to complain that there's a there's a dispensary on every corner. But you know, it's so hard. I I think to limit the number of dispensaries and also you know meet the uh, needs and meet the and be and be good with licensing. I mean, and the problem in New York is that there's a there's there's a lot of smoke shops, but there's also so many people living on each block. You know, I mean, my building has 682 occupants, so we have you know two coffee shops on our block and and our own grocery store just because you know we need them but there's two smoke shops within a block of my house too right we, we can't we can't create these weed deserts you know like like in chicago right. they had we had those uh, um um uh is what you call them uh, nutrition deserts i forget what we called them uh, where you have like miles and miles into the west side and south side of chicago and you, food deserts and food deserts yeah right. and you just don't have access to the nutrition that you need to be, you know, a, a healthy person. I mean, right? that's kind of like that's kind of like when you leave LA and you're driving to Vegas, you're in you're in that 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 pocket. Yeah, that's for sure. The actual. And what, what, yeah. Why is it okay? <laughs> why is it okay to have a Starbucks on every corner or two coffee shops on your block, right? right. With a with the legal uh, drug of caffeine, right, right. which has everyone addicted. And um, but it's not OK to have a dispensary on every corner. It's not yeah. everyone's addicted to weed because you can't get addicted to weed. I know. That's what addicted. I'm saying. You know, <laughs> that's why. 
Yeah, it's 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 really really interesting to see, uh, quote unquote, purveyors of freedom. Uh, opening up their doors to cannabis, inching their way uh, to open their doors to cannabis, but you want to stifle the amount of freedom that they have to make as much right. money as they want, right? Right, right. You know, uh, we're all about my free- freedom, not your freedom. Right. right? Uh, you, you can't have you can't have two dispensaries next to each other. Like, let the best one win. That's what capitalism right. is. Capitalism is right. There's a McDonald's and a Burger King on every corner, right across the street from each other, right? Why why shouldn't there be a dispensary? Exactly. See, I'm, t- I'm telling you. And a you, nail salon in the liquor store. Oh, yeah. You got to yeah. have a nail yeah. That's right. Nails on fleek. Yeah. I'm, I'm all with, uh, you know, Manny's and Petty's for the win. But um, but but look, 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 even even Hannah, you know, she, she she's from Iowa and is saying tons of people from Iowa have been traveling over to Illinois. And at the same time, all those people from Illinois are all traveling to Missouri now. Right. Like, I, I don't I don't blame them and I don't see anything in, in the near future at least except for the the trap winning. <laughs> right. The, the trap is winning and they're going to continue to win because man, can you kind of imagine what the trap is doing in Missouri right now if oh Missouri's legal market is doing numbers like this, what right. their trap is doing out there? I cannot fucking imagine. It's got to be a trap paradise though. And exit at least. So, at, at the very least, yeah, you, you think they they might be um, they might be competing with uh, New York numbers right now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Mary, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, what I'm wondering is is if the people are buying that much legal weed, or there's some people who have sort of an irregular relationship with their secondary market provider, and they're and they're looking to see if there's an actual you know, good source of reliable cannabis through the dispensary. I mean, I would wonder if the trap is suffering a little bit, you know, if they're, but, but, or maybe these dispensaries are just identifying, uh, you know, new customers. I mean, I think, I think, I, I, I don't, I don't think the trap is suffering. The trap finds a way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Doctor Mary, you got stores out there in New York that are uh, that, that that get that get closed down and then they just reopen back up all of a sudden, like real fast. Well, I mean, New York is easy to hide in. It's such a it's such an easy to hide in place. There's there, there's just uh, there's just there's a lot of people here and a lot going on. But I w- I would have to think that Missouri is probably not as easy. You know, I mean, in these l- less dense population uh, areas. You know, it's gonna. It, you're gonna see if a store pops up that isn't licensed. I don't know, man. In Missouri, that's where the Ozark is, man. That's where the Ozark is. You just hit the hit the river and sell what the fuck you want. Missouri is someplace that I am not, and I am grateful for that. <laughs> Misery? <laughs> don't you say? I am definitely in New I York. Too, I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can dig right. it. So we're at the top of the hour, everybody. Yeah, man, 103 million. Go Missouri. Yes. Yeah, get that bread. Secure the bag. Everybody out there in Missouri, good luck with everything and keep on get, get getting it. Thank you all out there for tuning in with us for yet another episode of Hide 9 News. You can always catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos. You all know are the developing 
cannabis industry. To our vetted industry correspondent team out there tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation. To our production team, thank you, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and the wonderful Jaja Simone holding things down every damn day for us over in Clubhouse. If you guys keep our AV struggles to a minimum. To our haters out there, so much hate in the world. Export that shit. Send it over. Send it overseas. They need some of that hate. We need more love over here. Just yeah. Love. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he, did he freeze up? All oh, the internet froze up on him. I bet they. All of a sudden, we thought we were all right. We had a peace agreement. Good. It was good yeah, just a week ago. Agreement, and all of a sudden, he got it was all good. <laughs> See, like I'm talking about freedom of speech and I'm getting silenced. That's right. You're getting silenced. That's right. <laughs> They're time. watching you, Rico. They're watching you. <laughs> There's no place for for censorship in America, man. Make sure you guys protect the freedom of press. Make sure you guys protect your family, protect the women because it's Women's History Month. And in lieu of that, Dr. Mary, final words from you. What you got? Women can protect themselves. We're all set. Ooh. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Strap up women. Strap yeah. up.